we feel that we are in a battlefield in this world, in this life. And most of the time we realize that battle happens in our mind. Not a physical battle, but it is a battle of mind. The struggles of life that no one else knows other than those who are going through it or those who are experiencing this. The unknown emotional outbursts of our mind coming as a volcano eruption and spitting out its lava that flows down and settles by itself. Many times we go through this emotion in our lives and often we say that our mind is a battlefield and most of life's battles are either won or lost in our mind. Our mind is a battlefield and most of life's battles are either won or lost in our mind. Mental health has been an emerging area of concern nowadays. It has been there, it's not new. Especially among all the age groups and specifically among young children. They affect every dimension of our lives, including our spiritual life. Often we all battle in our mind between thoughts of faith and thoughts of fear. In one moment we are so excited about God and in the very next moment we feel that we have nothing to do with God. We walk in faith, trusting in God in one moment and in the very next moment the crippling insecurity, fear and anxiety pulls us away from our walk with God. One week we are spiritually so high and the next week we are so down in the valley. I'm just talking about you. I'm just talking about me. This is not a strange thing. This is, this is what we go through day in and day out in our lives. Remember our life is a battleground and we are the warriors or we are the fighters in the battleground. Today, our emotions are attacked constantly. Constantly, our emotions are attacked. A health condition, our emotion is attacked. A relationship issue, a marital issue, a family relationship struggle, our emotion is attacked. Financial crisis, our emotion is attacked. A very controlling or very insulting boss, our emotion is attacked. A subject which is very hard to study, an exam which is very tough to clear, our emotion is attacked. Every area of our lives we see our emotions being continually affected and attacked. For example, let's assume this if our house is getting robbed, or somebody is coming and hitting our child, we won't keep quiet. We won't just enjoy seeing that, oh, my house is getting robbed. Come on, let's take some TikTok video now, right? Nobody will do that. Somebody's coming and hitting your child. Nobody will sit quiet and observe what is happening. Instead, you would arise and you would fight back to protect your house and to protect your child. My question is, why are we not doing anything about it when we are emotionally attacked? 
When we are physically attacked, we know how to resist and how to retaliate, fight back. But when we are emotionally or spiritually attacked, we are not doing anything. You know, emotional issue is a part of Christianity, part of Christian life. Knowing that, Bible clearly instructs us to fight back the emotional struggles, to fight back the emotional attackers. There are many attackers today on this world. They attack us emotionally. And scripture is very clear that we need to fight back those emotional attackers. And we need to do this when we are strong in our emotion. If you don't do it now, it becomes too late. And we will not be able to fight because that time we are so weak in our emotions. This morning I believe God speaks to us. Because when I was preparing this sermon, there was a great burden that came on me. The saying that many of us are going through this struggle and that we need this word today. In order to proceed further, I titled my sermon this morning as Fight Back. Fight Back. If we don't fight back in this battle, we usually lose our battle. Not only that, if we don't fight back in this battle, we will be easily taken away into slavery by the enemy. Then we will lose all our ability to live a life. Instead, we will be living in slavery forever. And this morning, it is so important to you. It is so important to your family. It is so important to your future that we know how to fight with this enemy. It's time to fight back. Fight back. Can you say fight back? Let's get into a scripture in 2 Corinthians 10. Paul talks about a spiritual warfare. Most of the scriptures are known to us, but they just want to bring those things in proper perspective this morning. Let's go there. Let's read 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 4 and 5. Let's read that together slowly. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments, and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. Shall we read the, to the, those two scriptures together again? Let's read 2 Corinthians 10:4. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds. Then was fire casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. Let's do a proper breakdown now of the scriptures. You can go to the next slide. Weapons of our warfare. Weapons are given for battle. So there is certain that there is a battle. If not, God would not have given the war weapons in our hands. Weapons are given in our hands for battle. And scripture says they are not carnal. It's not for a physical battle. These weapons are not for a physical battle. Battle of the mind. There is something happening inside of us. Battle that is happening in the spiritual realm. These weapons are mighty. That simply means they are powerful weapons. You know, a weapon, which if you do not know how to use a weapon, the weapon doesn't really help. You have a gun, but you don't know how to operate the gun. You can't do really anything with it. Right? So they are very powerful weapons that God has given in our hands. 
And what do they do? Pulling down of strongholds. What are strongholds? They are kind of in a military terms. They are the fortress where enemy hides. They are hideouts. Where enemy's movement is so severe, so advancing. The enemy's activity is very high in those areas. They are known as strongholds. An enemy has a stronghold in each of us. And he knows, you know, that's where he comes and attacks us. He knows that's our weak spot. But these weapons are mighty and powerful, powerful enough to pull down the strongholds of the enemy. And next slide, if you can go. It says, casting down arguments. These weapons are powerful to cast down, bring down the arguments. What kind of arguments? The intellectual ability that says, or that negates, or that refutes, or that contradicts to the word of God. Casting down of arguments. You know, today we are intellectually very high. We know many different stuffs. If you talk to children, they may say that they may even try to prove that there is no God. You know, they have that much of stuff. It's already stuck into their mind. And these weapons are powerful enough to cast down the arguments, the intellectual ability that contradicts the word of God, that defy, uh, that negates and refutes the word of God. God has given those weapons in our hands. You can go to the next slide. Everything that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Everything that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Every negative thought. Every negative emotion. Every lie of the enemy. That at times they appear to be more powerful than God. Every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Many times these lies come and stick on to our minds and they at times appear to be more powerful than God. This is the reality you go through and I go through. You can go to the next slide. Bring every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. Paul is saying, fight and win the battle that's going on in your mind. And bring everything under control. Bring every thought into captivity. That's what is 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 4 and 5. Today, children of God go through severe warfare in their minds, but they don't really do anything about it. We all go through many different trials in our mind. We know that there's a struggle going on within us. There's a fight going on within us, but we don't do anything about it. And this morning, I pray that God may speak to us. God may help us and show us what we need to do to fight the battle that's continuing in our mind. Children of God, they allow the enemy to intrude. They allow the enemy to trespass. They allow the enemy to encroach and take control of the position of mind in a very gradual way. In fact, without their knowledge. But today, God is telling you to fight back. God is asking you to fight back and go to the next slide. According to a research, I just want to throw some of the statistics. According to a research conducted by National Science Foundation, an average human in a single day comes across different thoughts, 12,000 times to 60,000 thoughts run in someone's mind per day. Can you imagine? 12,000 to 60,000 thoughts run in someone's mind every day and all these thousands of thoughts 
the research says 80% were negative. 80% thoughts were negative. That means we let our thoughts to control our mind in a negative way. And the statistic says 95% of these thoughts, 95% of these thoughts repeat every day. When you go to bed, the same thought comes and strikes you. When you are taking a shower, the same thought comes and strikes you. When you are at work, the same thought comes and strikes you often. And 85% of the thought is negative. And this morning, God is telling you and me that we need to fight back. There is a real battle. Paul is telling us to captivate these negative thoughts to the obedience of Christ Jesus. You can go to the next slide. The research also shows what are the reasons for those major reasons for those negative thoughts? There are a couple of them. Number one, the regret of the past. <clears throat> the regret of the past. We often think that probably I should have done that better. I should have done that in the right time. Probably I said that I will do it, but I did not do it. I could never achieve those things in my life. Probably I should have not told that. Or I should not have done this or I should have done this. Regret of the past takes the majority of the thoughts, the negative thoughts that run in our mind. Secondly, fear of the future. What if I fail? <laughs> what if I fail? What if I lose my job? What if I don't find the right person for my future? What will happen, Lord? The fear of the future, they take the majority of the negative thoughts that run in our minds day in and day out. Just want this quote, read this quote, if you can go to the next slide and we can come back. Alexander Graham Bell once said, this is what he said, you can read that with me. When one door closes, another door opens, but we often look so long and so regretfully upon the closed door that we do not see the ones which open for us. Let's read that again. When one door closes, I want to add God, there God opens another door. But we often look so long and so desperately, so regretfully, we look upon the closed door, thinking that that door will open, but that door may not open. God would have already opened another door for us. Fear of the future. We know that there are opportunities, but we are so afraid to get on. If you can go to the previous slide. The third reason is unhealthy comparison. At times we compare our children with other children. We're talking about the negative thought that run in our minds. At times we compare our social status with others. At times we compare our financial ability with others. At times we even compare our appearance, our beauty with others. And then we worry. Negative thoughts. Finally, the fourth aspect, they say it's a blame. We think to blame somebody for something that had happened in our lives. So these four joined together from the 80% of the negative thoughts that runs day in and day out in each one of our lives can go to the next slide. The research also shows that there are 97% of our worry is baseless. 97% of the negative thing, the negative thoughts that comes in our mind, they are baseless. That simply means 97% of the thoughts are not true. 97% of the thoughts are, if not true, they are lies. Can you say lies with me? Lies. Where that many lies come from? 
Where that many lies are coming from in our thoughts every day. Remember the devil who is the enemy of our soul. He is also a father, also the father of lies. Enemy, the devil is known as the father of lies. You know, enemy, enemy is not some supernatural, some abstract image or shadow somewhere residing. He is everywhere. He is dealing with us in many different ways. And children of God, we need to identify the strategies of the enemy. That's what we are trying to do this morning. Why are that many lies come from in our lives? Let's read John chapter 8 verse 44. Very interesting scripture. Shall we read that together? You are of your father, the devil. Jesus as was preaching, there's a group of, believer, a group of people, they don't believe in him, they say different things against Jesus, and Jesus got really angry, and he brought out, brought out a truth. You know, whenever Jesus gets angry, he brings out truth, right? So he's angry now, he's saying that you are of your father, who? The devil, and the desires of your father you want to do. I came here to this world to fulfill the desire of my father, but you came to this world, you are existing in this world to fulfill the desire of your father. That's what you want to do. He was, who was? The devil was? Devil was a murderer. And from the beginning, and does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him. You can go to the next slide. When he speaks a lie, Read that with me. When he speaks a lie, he speaks from his own resources. Looks like he has a he has a huge document or he has a huge repository of lies. Do we have that? We have a repository of lies. We know which lie to be taken and thrown in which situation, right? So we do it very cleverly. That shows us whether who is our father. And he what he does, he takes it from his own resource. For he is a liar and the father of it. What a beautiful scripture. What a beautiful description about the devil. Shall we read that again? If you can go to the previous slide. You are of your father the devil. And the desires of your father you want to do. He was a murderer from the beginning. And does not stand in the truth. Because there is no truth in him. And when he speaks a lie. He speaks from his own resources. For he is a liar. And the father of it, he has enough lies. 97% of lies are with him. You know, remember, it takes only a fraction of a second for the enemy to whisper a lie in your ear. Listen to me carefully. He says, You are not worth. You are of, not of any worth. You are worthless. You are not important. You are just a victim. You are a waste. Nobody likes you. People hate you. You are just all alone. You can't do anything by yourself. You are so ugly. You are a failure and you are rejected by everybody. So many lies. It takes a fraction of a second for the enemy to whisper that kind of lies in your mind and in your thought and totally bring you down. You as a child of God cannot give to these lies. We can't afford to give ourselves to these lies. If you allow him repeatedly to whisper in your ears, the same thing is going to get deposited in your mind and that is going to spoil your life. That's going to take the joy out of you. That's going to keep you lifelong in slavery for the devil with the devil. And this morning, God is telling you to fight back. God is telling you to fight back. The fight happens in our mind. Come along with me. 
The fight happens in our mind. It's not a physical battle that we are talking about. This is a fight that happens in the prayer during the prayer time. This is a fight that happens in our subconscious mind even when we were sleeping. This is the fight that happens as you read the word of God. This is a fight that happens inside of you as you read listen to the scriptures. Bible gives us guidelines on how to fight back in our mind. That's what we are going to say before we close. It is important, as I said, to fight back when we can. If you prolong that, if you delay that, if you procrastinate that fight, and we, there will be a point of time in our life, we will not have the ability to do fight. Our mind becomes so weak, we are no more having strength to fight. But God wants us to destroy that enemy, even right there, even the moment, at any, any point of time in your life, the moment you feel depressed, there is something that you need to do. There is a, some, a fight that you need to fight to get that out. You can go to the next slide. Here is the statistics again on, a mental, on mental health. Mental health issues are caused by both physical and psychological conditions. 50% of the world population is affected with mental health or substance abuse disorder. When you say 15%, it's a huge number. It's around more than 1 billion people on the face of this earth. They are struggling without knowing what they are going through. Statistics also says the COVID-19 pandemic has affected the mental health of 60% of people in North America. Many people are knowing Jesus, but they are not doing anything about it. This morning the message is that we must fight back. If we don't fight back, we don't have a release from this mental illness. We must fight back when we have the ability to do it. And how do we fight back? Bible prescribes a set of weapons to fight back the enemy who causes the mental stress by throwing his powerful lies in our lives. And we are going to quickly go through the set of weapons that God has given us. There's a toolbox. If you open that, that God has given us enough tools or weapons to fight with the mental, mental condition that we may be going through in our lives. Let's go to Ephesians chapter 6, verses 13 to 17. Therefore, shall we read together? Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand, verse 14. Stand therefore, having number one girded your waist with the truth just be ready to get into this battle that's what the scripture says it's not a physical battle it's a battle where we need to know the truth having put on the breastplate of righteousness ask god to forgive you ask god tell god all the unforgiven sins verse 15 and having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace just because you already lost your peace, inner peace, you need gospel. Just prepare yourself, put that shoe, gospel shoe once again in your life and speak to yourself and say that Jesus came to this world he and he died for you. Speak to your soul and tell the soul that Jesus can forgive your sins and he can make you worthy. Verse 15, and having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of the verse 16, above all, taking the shield of faith, we all know that we need faith. We need faith here to fight with the enemy with which you'll be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. Verse 17, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, 
which is the word of God. And if you closely observe this, there are five different defensive weapons. The scripture lists. And there is only one offensive weapon. Anybody knows which is the one? Sword. The sword, which is the word of God. You know, you put all this, you put the helmet, you put the shoes, and you put the breastplate, you gird your waist with the truth, and then what do you do? You, those things will protect you from the darts of the enemy, from the attack of the enemy, but you have given a sword. The sword is the word of God. And this morning we are going to tell how to use the sword. Amen? We can come over this depression, depressing thoughts, with the help of the word of God. And how do we do it? We need to use scriptures as a weaponry to fight against this sickness that we deal with inside of us. Medication may not help. Medication may not cure that at all. But what we need is the word of God to enter into your life. Shall we know how to do it? We need to know what God's word says. So that if you can go to the next slide. So that when the enemy of your soul tells you you are weak. You know, this is how we fight the battle. When the enemy of your soul tells you you are weak, you can fight back the, with the truth that you know. And you say, no, according to Isaiah 40, chapter 40, verse 31, in him, I am strong. How dare enemy, you can say that you are weak. I know, according to Isaiah chapter 40, verse 31, in him, I am strong. Speak that out loud into yourself. Then the enemy may suggest, and he may say that you are a failure. And now you need to refute him saying that that's not the truth enemy. No, according to Romans 8.37, I am more than a conqueror. How can you say that I am a failure? I am not a failure. I am more than a conqueror. The enemy also come to you and he may, he may tell you, you are rejected by people. No one likes you. You are rejected. You need to fight back. Because that's not the truth. That's a lie of the enemy. And you need to say that according to Ephesians chapter 1 verse 6. In Jesus I am accepted. How can you say that you are rejected? I am not rejected. I am accepted. I am accepted by my God. How can you say that? The enemy, come, the enemy may come and suggest you. And saying, saying, telling you that you are not important. And here again you cannot just go by that lie. You need to refute. You need to refute and tell him and say to him that no according to Deuteronomy chapter 7, 6. I am God's treasured possession. How can you say that you are not important? The enemy may try to convince you and tell you nobody likes you. Nobody likes you. Everyone hates you. Get back to him and tell him fight back. And tell him the enemy. Where the enemy comes in your thought. Psalm according to Psalm 17 verse 18. I am the apple of God's eye. How can you say that nobody likes you? The enemy may come and tell you that you are a victim. And you need to fight back to him and say that no. According to 1 Corinthians 15 57. In Christ I am victorious. How can you say that I am a victim? Enemy may continue to tell you. You are just all alone. No one cares for you. You are just by yourself and God wants you to refute the lies of the enemy and tell it's not true according to Joshua chapter 1 verse 5. I'm never alone. God is with me. That's how we fight our battle. The enemy may come and tell you, you are so ugly. 
You look so ugly. You try to do so many things, but you look so ugly. And God wants you to fight. And God wants you to know the truth and tell the truth. According to Psalm 45, verse 11, God says, I am beautiful. I am created wonderfully and beautifully. Marvelous is his work. So the enemy may tell you again, you are rejected. You need to refute him and tell him, no, according to 1 John chapter 3, verse 1, God loves me so much. That's the reason he has adopted me as his own child. Enemy may tell you or he may discourage you, saying that you will never get healed. You are never going to come out of this sickness. That's not the truth. The truth is different. And you need to know the truth and go and fight against the enemy. Tell him, no, according to Isaiah 53, 5, by his stripes, I am healed. That's how we fight our battle. Not just reading a scripture. When the thought comes in our life, we need to know how to refute, how to argue, and how to fight it out with the help of the word of God. With what God says is the truth. What the enemy says is not the truth. That's a lie. What our mind thoughts, majority of them are not the truth. But we want to use God's word to get out of it. When the enemy tries to convince you that you are worthless, or you are unworthy, you want to come back to the enemy and say that according to Isaiah chapter 43 verse 4, I am precious in the sight of God. When we read the scripture, there are so many areas, you know what, the kind of thought that we are going through in our minds today, there is an answer, there is a solution, there is a truth against the lie that the enemy is sowing today. We need to fight back the enemy against every oppressing thought that the enemy is trying to do trying to bring in our lives and control, take control over our minds. James chapter 4 verse 7 says, this is what it says, therefore submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. And we need to resist the devil, not tomorrow, right now, right there. The moment you get a thought, you need to resist the devil and you need to fight back. Don't allow the thought to spread further. It spreads into your brain like a tumor. It spreads into your, in, in, into your brain so quickly. Do not allow those negative thoughts to spread inside of you. Do not allow the enemy to seed more negative thoughts in your mind. This is how we fight our battle. This is how we are called to fight our battle. Every child of God, everyone who knows Jesus Christ is called to fight this battle. It's not an easy thing. God wants you to do it and God wants you, to, wants you to train your children on this, how to do it. So that when we are gone, enduring their lifetime, they will be able to stand the, all the fiery darts of the enemy. Know that in Christ we are forgiven. Know that in Christ we are set free. We have the mighty power of God working in our lives. We are more than conquerors. We are, we are overcomers in this life. Our life is hidden in Christ Jesus. That's what scripture says. No enemy or no obstacle and nothing can take control over our lives because we are purchased by his blood. We have been bought with the price. That's our identity. No one wants us, wants us, but God, Jesus wants us because he purchased us with his blood. We are covered by his grace. We are covered by his love. We are covered by his forgiveness. And God wants us to live a victorious life so that no demon, no darkness, no negative things, nothing can separate us from the love of Christ. And this morning, God is telling you to fight back. Shall we all just stand for a time of prayer this morning as we close?